Three, two, one, go. Hey, this is Bibson the Ginger Podcast, and we are continuing the YouTube YouTuber series. We'll call it that. I don't know what exactly it is. This is the I Promise We're Not a Gear Podcast uh, interviews, even though we're pretty much a gear podcast at this point. Um, I have Nick from the YouTube channel Nick in the States. Um, if you've not checked that out, there'll be a description in the link. Check it out. Hey, Nick, thanks for coming on. You want to introduce yourself? Hey, man. Yeah, my name is Nick from Nick in the States. I've got a YouTube channel. Um, that are really focused on kind of inexpensive gear, the stuff that sub 500 bucks for guitars, for amps, for things like that, and also like projects that turn stuff that's almost junk into pretty cool things. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my my little niche. Yeah, I I, uh, I actually discovered your channel when I was looking at I I don't even know exactly what exactly I think the video was about the Harley uh, Harley Benton Rosewood ones, and I kind of discovered it, and I was like, oh. Like I always thought there were, I just thought I'd seen them on other channels and I never knew the price point of them. And then I started looking. So I will thank you. And also sadly say yeah, my, my condolences. Yeah. Too. Because you got me hooked on the Harley Benton and it is a dangerous website to go to. Cause like you can buy super cheap stuff that you're like, it's probably okay. <laughs> you know, it's usually great. In the, so the bummer the, 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 the essence of the Harley Benton addiction experience is this, the guitars are like, a hundred to two hundred and fifty bucks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's some really good ones all the way through the price range, and it's coming to you from Germany, and the shipping is like thirty five bucks, close mm-hmm. to forty bucks, mm-hmm. for one to three guitars. So yeah. not only are they cheap, but you're like, oh, but to maximize the shipping, either I need to talk my friends into also getting some, or I could just buy more than one. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that is the dangerous part. <laughs> It, it gets you. It's, uh, it's a great hook. Yeah, it is a great hook. It's a really great starter. I've told a lot of people, I used to be like, I mean, I still like, you know, like the Squires and Epiphone stuff, but I'm like, honestly, if you want a starter, like, that you that you know that you might have to do some work to, like, check out the Harley Bentons, because they're probably going to look prettier, <laughs> because they yeah. have, like, oh, some yeah. amazing finish options, other than just, like, your standard colors. It's just, you have to be, you're not going to go to the store and pick one up and take it home that weekend. It's a bit of a process. I, they're, yeah, it's, and it's... You know, especially as you're starting out, or like you have a Stratocaster, your dad gave you a Stratocaster, you put pickups in your Stratocaster, you play a Stratocaster, it is your guitar and your ethos. But I'd really like to dabble in a Les Paul style, mm-hmm. right? Like a single cut, solid body, two humbuckers. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, to dabble in something three, four, five hundred dollars in an Epiphone line might be too much, but 150 bucks for a Benton SE 450. Yeah. Maybe right in the range, and then you can swap some pickups later and do some stuff with it. But it's a great thing to be able to play with in that in that kind of market. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the cool thing is, I've been lucky, and I've got a channel. So when I sell stuff, maybe I get a little bit better options in selling it. But I've been able to move it in the states for a brand that's not even heard of. For you know, I might lose twenty percent of what I've paid on something new to then move it because it's already so cheap. Yeah. So it's not like you're at risk of losing your shirt on it and stuff where you buy a new fender for 600 bucks and you try to sell it. You sell it for three fifty. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I think the brand is starting to get a little more traction. I actually, the other day on our face on my Facebook marketplace, I saw the first, um, it was the Harley Benton ES three thirty five style that was for yeah. sale. And I was like, Oh, it was attempting. Cause I'm like, Oh man, like to be able to go, just go buy one. And like, I can get it right now. Cause it's a side, side I've been looking at, but so they're starting to get out there. And I think, there's more people in the market in the guitar world. Like I think two or three years ago, it was still like I don't know what what are these things, and I think they've started to really get the ball rolling, you know, over in the states with sales just because of I think a lot of deals with YouTubers like you and other channels that have been like, hey, check this out, you know. It's a known good. I think the other cool thing with them is 
a lot of us have dabbled in buying stuff direct from China, mm-hmm. whether it was like chips and stuff back before we knew better or like Groat or some of the other ones you see on eBay. And it's like mm-hmm. 220 bucks shipped or $190 shipped or whatever. Um, and those guys are usually mad sketchy. Some of them are cool. Don't get me wrong. There are yeah. some fine people in there. But like a lot of them are pretty sketchy and you go back to them and have questions or a problem or a guitar's missing a fret. Um, it, it presents issues, right? It presents. And at least you know here, like the guitar has been checked on the way out the door. It's mm-hmm. it's sold by Toman in Germany. Toman, for anyone in the states who's never heard of them, because why would you? Uh, they're the largest, I think, guitar seller, instrument seller in Europe. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. a family-owned business. When you look at Google Maps, there's a farmland, 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 and something that looks like an Amazon warehouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> farmland, farmland, farmland. This little tiny town. Um, and so, like, they, they care about their stuff. They, they, it tends to be pretty good. They're, I mean, sometimes there's some quality issues or whatnot. Yeah. The negative is returning from the states, even if it's kind of their fault, is a huge challenge with those yeah. guys. So you just yeah. kind of have to know that getting into it that you might they might give you 20 or 30 euro as a credit to be like, hey, we can make up for it, but it's going to cost us 100 bucks to ship it back here. And on a $140 guitar, it makes no sense for them. Oh, yeah. So, that's the one thing that the caveat I'll put out there because every once in a while someone gets something tough and they go through that and it, it becomes a huge deal in their world, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just one of those like you just kind of have to know. It's kind of like when Apple products came out and businesses started using Apple. Apple was like, hey, use it in business side you want, but we don't actually support businesses using our crap. So if it doesn't do it perfectly, you're on your own. It was brilliant yeah. for Apple and for Toman because mm-hmm. they're able to have this huge market without having to have sales distribution returns, all the other stuff in market. Yeah, and I think it's – if you go in knowing that, like when I went into it, I kind of knew like when the guitar I got, I was kind of like, I don't know this is how this is going to end looking, but it was cheap enough that worst case, it's not that much more than if like I went to Guitar Fetish and bought a body and a neck to start a project on, you know? Yeah. And it already has everything. And I mean, both the ones I've gotten have been great, but it's just like, you know, the ability to be like, hey, you know, it's a really, if worst case, if you look at it, I, you know, you can almost look at it as it's a kit guitar that's already been assembled the first time. You might have to take it apart and, you know, fix some stuff on it or, you know, do do things on it. But at least it's already a plain instrument out, out of the box most of the time. Yeah, definitely. And and what's cool about it is some of their guitars are way beyond, like, just a plain instrument. I have the, the FLT90. It's like a, a, a um, Cabernita Fender style but with a Les Paul switch location mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. two, like, knockoff Filtertron pickups in it. Okay. That thing has some of the best tones of any guitar that I've owned. Um, yeah. And it, I liked it so much, but it had a reverse headstock, which isn't really my gig. Mm-hmm. So I have a buddy who's a lefty who also bought one, who's in Florida, so we ship necks back and forth. <laughs> so it's got a righty neck on it and kept the nuts or into a proper nut and then uh, ended up so it was hilarious so that we could, so we could be done right. So, I mean, those are really cool. And my favorite living room guitar, the guitar that I've probably played the most in the last two or three years – is an L450 Plus. It was the first single cutaway Les Paul copy that I bought from him, and it was before Gibson made him change the shape. Okay. The awkward conversation of Toman is the largest Gibson retailer, I believe, in Europe, mm-hmm. and Gibson called up and said, hey, um, you sell a guitar that's kind of our shape, so can you please stop? <laughs> and they're like, ah, we don't, really don't want to. Gibson's like, well, we're going to pull our products. And they're like, well, okay, probably we'll, we'll do that for you. <laughs> Yeah, Toman well, also is uh, – this isn't a Toman Festival. I promise you'll talk about other stuff. Oh, that's fine. Occasionally, they'll blow out Gibsons. So I repatriated oh, yeah. three Gibsons, and my buddy Danny repatriated three Gibsons from them when they were blowing out 2015s and 2016s. Mm-hmm. And we were buying – I bought a Les Paul Standard from them, brand new for 1550 I bought a Les Paul Traditional with a full gloss, 2015, stupid tuners, all that stuff in the mm-hmm. case, 
for 1100 bucks shipped. Good Lord. It was great. <laughs> I didn't have the money. I mean, it took a little while to pay down the credit card bills from that one. But uh, it uh, it was great. And I'm like, I've repatriated these from Germany back to the <laughs> States. You're like, <laughs> the journey of this guitar that it's gone all – it's gone across the ocean twice. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just great, man. Yeah. So that's uh, – that's what's kind of neat. But, um, but uh, you know, aside from Toman, I've bought I, – I got my start, my little channel. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a little YouTube channel. As I say, it's it's fun. I think it's like 11,000 chain subscribers mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole focus is the cheap stuff that you often – either A, this is easy to do. Don't be afraid of it. Uh-huh. That's what I like for upgrades and stuff that's yep. intimidating. No, 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 no. This is just how you do it. It's fine. It scared me. I waited years to try it. Please try it sooner. You know, whether it's cutting a nut or cleaning up frets or wiring a pickup or putting a Bigsby on something. But the other half of it is so many of the sub $500 guitars, the two, three, $100 guitars, like the Bentons, like Groat from, from China, like Chipsons when I started, which mm-hmm. don't don't copy stuff, just buy something that looks like it, but mm-hmm. at least have a different logo on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I get those in because it's fun. It's like the guitar equivalent of dumpster diving for, for gems because occasionally you find something that's great that you can tr- tweak. And we live in a golden era where even a $100 guitar is still a usable instrument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you look at some of the stuff that came out 40 years ago at the bottom end and you're like, how do you, why? Yeah, there's <laughs> like – just neat. Yeah, and, and I've I mean, I've heard other you know between between YouTubers and some podcast guys talk about how like when I got started, if there was the hundred dollar guitars of today, because I mean you can right now if you go to any even in the big box stores, guitar stores, and you go and buy even like a Squire Bullet or an Epiphone, whatever I think Les it's like Paul a junior, Special too. Yeah, Les Paul Special too. Um, either one of those, they're playable. Like yes, they need some. They're going to eventually need some improvements. Like the tuners are probably, especially on. I know I have a special tune, and the tuners are basically garbage. Junk. Um, Junk. And even though mine is, and I laugh because mine's a Samic built one. It's a two thousand from. It's in Korea, but they're still just absolutely garbage. But they hold tune. You just don't want to mm-hmm. think about it. But you, you don't know, want to turn. yeah, yeah, you just all right. But uh, they're still playable instruments. Like so, it's really. And the advantage is, especially if you're once you get into the market, is they're playable instruments. So when after Christmas time, when the parents bought a kid a guitar to, to, ha- to have him learn guitar, and they decide they don't like it, they hit Facebook Marketplace for like fifty bucks. And oh, you can nothing. Just, I used to, I, I always have. Hey, I have issues, right? That's yeah. one of my taglines. <laughs> I have issues. Uh-huh. Uh, the other one is more gear than talent. If you're uh-huh. coming here for virtuoso playing, that's not what you're getting. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get an idea what something is, that's me. Mm-hmm. But um. One of my things is I'll walk in Guitar Center and you'll see a special two in there for like 70 bucks uh-huh. or uh, one of those Squire um, standards. So not even like a bullet, but a standard or a vintage modified for under 100 bucks mm-hmm. or 150, 125. Yeah, yeah. I very often will just buy it. I don't really want it for me. Usually I'll rationalize. I'll do a video for it. I'll do something with yeah. it. And then, but it'll sit there and then a friend will comment like, oh, I really want to look at a guitar. I need a guitar with two humbuckers. I play my strap, but I want something just to F around with. I've got these pickups that have been sitting here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got a perfect guitar. Give me 80 bucks. That's it. I'm like, yeah, just give me 80 bucks. Here you go. It's a good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? It's nice. It passes the thing and you kind of, you've shepherded people to something mm-hmm. that doesn't kill their wallet. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Yeah, I think it is. And it's it's just nice because again you kind of have the ability where you know like I always joke around that like my collection of guitars is they're all mediocre you know they're all pretty like middle of the road actually not even middle of the road they're probably a low end on the on the big scheme of things I call them middle of the road but I'm not I shouldn't I shouldn't be lying to myself but again it gives it's, it's a, the middle of your road man yeah it's the everybody middle of, has their own road yeah but it's it's the ability where like I can have like a strat style and a t style. Mm-hmm. 
instead of being excited, buddy come over and he's an amazing guitar player. And he just, I was just handing him guitars like here to play this one. Like it's never going to be played again. And he was just like, looking. and I said, here's the thing. I'm like, all these guitars that I sold, they're probably worth like your one, you know, telly that, that you brought over to play, which is great. That one sounds amazing. But now I can play, you know, I can have all the colors of the rainbow basically for almost the same price as like one not you know, quote unquote, you know, high end guitar. Well, exactly. And, and, and if you're not playing it, here's a deal. It's pretty art. Yeah. <laughs> like I love the way <laughs> guitars look. So people are like, why do you need I, my, my living room? God bless my wife has 17 <laughs> guitars on the wall Whoa. and probably two or three guitars on the floor at any time. And, and a half a dozen amps. And, I can only play one at a time. So people are quiet. I'm like, yeah, but I can play one while looking at those. <laughs> Even better, though, I can be helping a kid do homework and want to blow my brains out. I love my kids, but it can be frustrating. Uh-huh. But I can look up and just see the guitars and smile for a sec and then go back and, <laughs> you know, it's my Zen thing. What am I doing here? Yeah. That's and, a and good point. Like, okay, this isn't so bad, right? And, yeah. And like you say, like, you can have, you can try all of those out. And maybe you find out that a short scale Mustang copy. Mm-hmm. You like 24-inch scales. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and it costs you nothing to get there. Yeah, or you find that you hate it. That's awesome. It costs you nothing to get relatively mm-hmm. nothing to get there. Yeah, no. I had a guy that used to refer at the wall. I backed up my channel for a long time. I had a bunch of Bentons and stuff, and he called it the $500 wall. Whether it was $500 per guitar or just 500 bucks for the whole lot, it was his derisive <laughs> comment. And I loved it, though. I'm like, yeah. it's for him, it was, no, you get an R9 in the custom shop fender and a hand-wired amp, and you get at the edge of breakup, and you play that, you play every note perfectly, and that is his dream. And for him, that not to knock it, that is his dream. That's mm-hmm. what he looks for in guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm a whole different spot. Yeah. You know, I, there's a joy in finding greatness in inexpensive and odd corners, and uh, that's that's my kind of gig. That's what I get. and I have really nice crap too. But I like the little like it's the pirate's bounty of like, look at this thing. I just dug this out of a. I, I have a video series. One of the latest ones I put out was this epoch, epoch guitar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was Gibson Baldwin. So it's a Gibson guitar. It was their like student brand. It was in the back of my local shop with like five strings on it, rusted. The knobs were all bent. The pickups amazingly work. Had a sublime sticker on it, dents all over it. The body is made of just stacked plywood, um, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like thin sheets of wood stacked. You can see the, the, the wiggles on the side. <laughs> and I bought it for like either 20 or 40 bucks. I think it was 20 bucks. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Took the neck off and decided I want to put a I put a Telecaster neck on it. Put some GFS pickups and a GFS harness in it. I figured out the intonation stuff and put a badass bridge on it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it sounds great. It plays awesome and it has no right to be good. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's what makes it amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's illogical and it's a story. The story is as much fun as 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 the guitar itself. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think it's it it's more of an eyepiece. You know, when you go see a, a local band. Or you know, if you're out watching a band, or even when you watch them on like you know YouTube or you know any kind of band, you're always looking at the guitar, especially the guitar player, and like, ooh, what are they playing? Like, what is that? You pull that thing out, and everyone's like, what? You know, people that don't know guitar are just like, oh, it's a guitar. But people yeah. that do know are like, wait a minute, like, is that a Duesenberg? No, it's like, not Duesenberg. Is that a? Is I can't that figure out what that is, is that? and it's that's what's always fun because they're always like, what is? You know, I I always joke around like because at the at the I play at my local church, I play rhythm guitar, and I always. It's very rare for a guitar to come out two weeks in a row because I just like to play something else. And so inevitably, whenever I bring one I haven't played for a while, someone's like, did you get another one? I'm like, no, no, I've had this one for a while. Just It hasn't been here for a while. And the, the worst week was I played my – it was one of my Harley Bentons, my um, TE90 with the quilted top, red, gorgeous P90. Great guitar, P90. Yeah, right? and um, – I'm up there playing it, and my wife, she, like, had walked in, and for, and for the first, like, 30 seconds, she's like, 
did he buy another guitar? And then had the thought of like, if he bought another guitar without me knowing. And then I went, no, I think that's his. <laughs> and it was, yeah. she told me later, she was like, I couldn't remember. And I'm like, that's kind of a good place to be at, but it's also a dangerous place because she could be like, did you buy that one? No, I, I, I didn't buy it this time. I swear. No, it was been all the time. I, uh, I'm lucky enough now that my collection, is, it's, it's gotten ridiculous at the moment. I've been shrinking it. I've been trying to shrink it. It's a better way of putting it. Um, and that my wife can't tell them apart. Plus, when you have more than you know, 25 or 30 guitars, like they're only fitting in one of three or four, usually one of three or four style, you know, Les Paul, Strat, mm-hmm. Tele, 335, Acoustic, yeah. whatever. So that like, it looks like another guitar I've, I've already had <laughs> anyway. So she's like, uh, she just has given up on trying to keep track of it. Yeah. But I, I, I and I, I sell a lot of stuff on Reverb. What happens with me, my whole theory of collecting in general, mm-hmm. um, because I get people like, why didn't you just save up and buy some really nice thing? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it's no fun saving for four years no, right, or three fun. years, whatever. Ugh. When If you can buy on Craigslist, buy on eBay, buy on Reverb, buy smart, know your market, know what you're getting into. Um, but if you can buy smart, you shouldn't have to lose any money by selling it. Yeah. Maybe some money for shipping or pack, like the, the, the little, that 10% wobble at the edge of a deal. That's the price of enjoying something. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you make money on it. Yeah. So I've sold the last few weeks. I've sold probably 15 guitars, 18 <gasps> guitars in the last, it's probably five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but a lot of them were like relatively inexpensive guitars that I liked or I had for the channel. They've been sitting here that I happened to get a good deals or whatever. And I turned those and bought some really nice stuff. But all along the way, I've enjoyed those 15 guitars for the last two or three years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is just awesome because yeah. you kind of, it's like saving, but with a thing. Yeah. And as long as you, as long as you're a person that can sell, I can sell. I have friends that collect guitars that the sales portion of it's very difficult for them to let go of it. That is. Uh, and then that's where it's tough. Where it's it's important. Yeah, it, that's, it, that's where tip. I'm at. If you have too many guitars, that's where and I'm you at. have a significant other. One thing nice to do once in a while is make a motion of selling one and do something with your significant other because then they will appreciate them to know that it's not just about him or her, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my wife went on an internship for like 14 months uh, years ago when we were dating and I had like 15 guitars then and every couple of months I'd sell a guitar and we'd go work for a weekend. And so I went down to like five guitars at the end but she knew that, oh wow, there's value here and it's not just about me having too much crap it's just mm-hmm. mostly about that that's that's so. important yeah because <laughs> yeah. i think you know it's one of those like when you kind of and there's kind of this like really bad kind of not like almost stereotype with like guitar players where and it's kind of finally cleaning up itself on the internet where it's like oh i have to hide this one from my wife you know like the wife can't see this and you're just like really like just be upfront about it and yep. be smart because like like for me like if i had full like buy whatever i want we would be we would not be in a house right now because I just keep buying guitars. So like I need my wife to be like, no, honey, we can't afford that right now. Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, they're very valuable that way. Yeah, like yeah, because I'm um, like, oh, can I get this? And she'll be like, well, let me let me think. And then sometimes she's like, yep, it'll work. Or nope, not right now. And <laughs> I will give you my top two or three ways of justifying a guitar problem mm-hmm. because I probably have a dozen of them, but yep. I've got a few right now. Um, first off, if you have another bad habit that you're about to cut out, parlay that into a guitar budget. So uh, I, I stopped drinking years ago because I was an absolute car crash at it. Not literally, but I should have been. Uh-huh. Um, but that whatever, we'll push that one aside. I, um, I stopped smoking though and my wife hated cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, but can I keep my cigarette budget and just have that as don't care what I spent on it? And like, if you're smoking a pack of Marlboros a day, 
even then it was eight dollars a day in cigarettes. So you uh-huh. multiply by, by thirty, it's two hundred fifty bucks a month. You can do some stuff with that in the guitar world, especially yeah. on cheap guitars. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Guitars, if it's a less bad habit, sometimes you can get away with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Second, always have a friend that has more and a worse problem than you. <laughs> hey, at least I'm not my buddy Danny. He's got 130 guitars. Okay, cool. You're good. <laughs> and when in doubt, if you're really, really pinched, you just say it's cheaper than having a boat. That's, That's all. Right. That, is, that is the like. That is so true. Like, yeah. The boat, the a boat, boat. is a, literally a hole in the water you throw money to. It's a fantastic thing. But the, the, the best boat to have is a bunny with a boat because oh. they're just so much money. A hundred percent. Yeah. You find a. You don't find a boat. You find a friend with a boat, and you become best friends with them in the summer. Well, it just works. And paying for gas money, bring some food, bring the barbecue, whatever. It, you're still making out. The best um, friends have a boat and snowmobiles, but that's different. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> well, and, and to come around, so I know you guys do a lot of car talk too. Yeah. Having a guitar versus having a race car, a sports car, oh. a, a mud runner, a big truck, a four by four. Dude, I've done that. That's why I have guitars now. You know, when when I, it's nothing worse than making a car payment on something that you're off road and that you're then having to throw a new rear end, a new transmission, upgrade mm-hmm. the brakes. You're you're going broke uh, on this rig, or at least you're throwing strings on a guitar. Yeah, right. Like maybe a setup once in a while, maybe a new set of pickups. It's not, it's not, there isn't the beast to be fed. Mm-hmm. Like there is in, in, in the car world. Yeah. That is uh, oh, some of the, some of the guys I've talked to and they start talking stuff into my head. I'm like, Oh my, how does that, how do you, what? <laughs> but that's why I watch those. I like, I love watching Finnegan's channel. Cause you see, he gets helped out by some people, but whatever. Yeah. They, um, you just see how much money he spends on this stuff, and it's a continual like feeding the beast project. And it is, the stuff they come up with is, is great. Or roadkill is great because they're like, listen, mm-hmm. this isn't perfect. It's a thick pile of junk. Oh, but it's all piles of junk. With it. um, piles of junk with like ten thousand dollars. Huge amount of effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, well, yeah. And his like, I mean, if you follow Finnegan at all, like, how many times he's had to rebuild that engine in, in blasphemy? Like, <laughs> that's I, not dude, that's a, what a five seventy two some yeah. five hundred cubic inch Hemi. That that's probably fifteen grand to start before you get any sort of optional stuff. Yeah, on. before you put a blower. I actually I met him. He was doing drag week last year in Cordova, which is about twenty miles from my house. Was their first stop, and I happened to be just standing. I mean, we were I was standing there like around a bunch of people, and how it ended up working was like he needed someone to help push the car. Me and this other guy pushed the car, and I ended up like when he was making the pass, holding some of the tools that he had taken up there. So it was great. I got to talk to him and I was hoping by the end of the week, you know, like blasting me if you drive back through the next day, they blew the motor up for like the first time on drag week. And I'm like, I'm going, dang it. (laughs) But yeah, it's that same. It's not. And the other thing too, is like that dude's got a successful shop. He's got a bit of money. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's not rich, rich, but like there's some cash coming through. So at least he can do some cool stuff. Um, but to any of, any of us out there that have a dozen projects that are half unfinished, I think we've yet to see his boat on water. No, right? no, you have not. <laughs> so it makes me feel better about the half dozen guitars that I put together parts of and stuff. Yes. Right? <laughs> I, 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 it, yeah. it's which way. That's what I like about those guys versus you know, mm-hmm. Richard Rollins and crew, which they're cool and stuff. But like these guys are like, yeah, we, we failed. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> that whole like that – everything that's come out of that stem between him – and then, like, uh, you, when you kind of get in deep, like, Jacob Davis, who's that dude that's got the green hornet, like, yep, yep. they're all, like, kind of, like, ragtagging it along and, you know, getting as far as they can get with, with what little they have, which I think is awesome. Awesome. I listen to uh, – there's a podcast that he does with the dude about the Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah, I can't. I've tried to get into. It. I can't get into it because I know if I do, I'll start watching Dukes of Hazard again, and my wife might start questioning my or her sanity. <laughs> I have been <laughs> able to not listen because he puts Rob uh, Kibby will put so many clips at the end of the show. You can usually yeah. like 
know most of what's happening in the episode by by just listening oh, to the end. It's the bridge to cliff note well, version. The of, last, of the, the last one, he's like, I put there's like he's like there's 20 minutes of clips. I'm so I don't even care. You're gonna listen to him anyway. <laughs> But it's great. But he's always talking about his project, and you're right. It's always like, well, I got this going. I got this going. I'm almost done with this. And, I mean, I'm just going – I can't – like, in my head, I'm going – I got, like, two projects going, and I'm like, oh, uh, what am I – you know, can't keep my head on straight to try and do that. But I suffer from, like, inspiration issues, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning it's not an issue. If I see something and I get inspired by something to do with it, I build a barncaster that I love. It's one of the barncaster with a dark, like a mahogany neck on it with an mm-hmm. ebony fretboard into something that I can bang around. You can hit It's lightweight. I built it and thinking about it also took me forever, um, but I built it up. I've got another one now sitting that's – I have everything. I need to drill full holes, put a neck on it, and actually just finish wiring it. It mm-hmm. would be done. I haven't started it, but it's there. Um, <laughs> if it did, I think I sealed the body. But I have things, and so I'll have like three or four pretty well thought out what I think are great ideas. I just need to do them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll have all the parts. I'll have everything. I'm doing a um, – I've got a, my Uncle Jeff, Uncle Funky – uh, plays in a little cover band on, on Cape Cod, just south of Boston. I'm in, outside of Boston, and okay. I go out of the Cape where I grew up. And they're playing, and one night he was playing a Telecaster, and like he had a mini hum on the bridge, and it was tearing. He's like, everything he does is through a Marshall with a whole lot of usually distortion gain fun, and they kind of just butch stuff up with that. Mm-hmm. And then he started playing like neck tones, though, for like clean lead stuff or cleanish, and the Telecaster neck pickup sounded so good through like a JCM 800. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded just amazing. I'm like, oh, I need a guitar with a, a Telecaster neck pickup. So then I look at and I look around my collection, but like I didn't want it to be a Tele. So I have this really cool like Daphne Blue Strat project guitar that's all Mighty Might, Mighty Might neck, Mighty Might body, Mighty Might tool humbuckers that are goodish. Um, and I was like, what if I put a, a Telecaster neck pickup in that, and then a full like Gibson 59 Classic in the bridge, or 57 Classic in the bridge? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would be awesome. I should put a mini hum in the middle, and then it looks like the pickup's just getting bigger as it goes down the guitar. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this will be sweet. Five-way switch the whole deal. This is going to be awesome. I have yeah. everything right now. I just need to cut the pick guard, and it'll go together. And it was just fun because like, I haven't seen that. Uh-huh. I got to do it. I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> now you've talked about it. You have to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have everything. I just have to bring the pick guard to my father-in-law who has a scroll saw that I can cut the pick, pick, pick up holes out and kind of play with it. Nice. But those are fun. And I, I have my, I've got a really good friend of my buddy, Danny, He'll call me up with some random idea like trying to make a modern equivalent of a Fender Bronco. Fender Bronco was like a music master from the 70s that mm-hmm. had a really funky trem on it and a single angled single coil like in the bridge position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, offset, and I think it's a 24-inch scale or 24-half-inch yeah. scale. Funky guitar. He wanted to make a new tradition of it. So we're going back and forth. Well, you can start with a Mustang Bullet, which are only like 100 bucks used or 150 new. Mm-hmm. You can then add this thing. And what bridge would you do? Oh, maybe we'll put this. And finding different new, strange, ugly bridges to put on it because they had an ugly bridge to begin with. You can find an uglier bridge now. Mm-hmm. And it leads you to things like if you're familiar with like a Bigsby, right? And I have Bigsby's on some guitars, an old tremolo from a whammy bar from the, 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 the 50s is when they came out, maybe the 40s. Mm-hmm. Um Wilkinson has a thing called a Wigsby, <laughs> and the oh. logo even looks like a Bigsby logo, but with a W on it. That's the thing. Like, I need to buy it. It's named a Wigsby. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> you got a Bigsby on that? Yeah, no, I got a Wigsby. <laughs> it's the craziest thing, the Wigsby. So, uh, yeah, that, that is so. The Wigsby's going on something soon. That's we'll see cool. where it gets there. Yeah, Wilkinson stuff's good. That's actually, if one of the selling points of Harley Benton stuff, all the hardware is all, all Wilkinson. So, it's not always the greatest, but it's usually better than what that price range hardware is. Yeah, the, the only thing they switched is, and I, uh, how do I put this? 
I will guess. I'll just leave it as a guess. Yeah. You can answer any more than that. Um, that some of their suppliers uh, might not have been giving them real Wilkinson pickups on some of their guitars. Oh. Uh, just because of where they're coming out of. And mm-hmm. Wilkinson, I think, has some supply chain problems on that side of, of mm-hmm. the, the, the ocean. So they switched to Roswell pickups. And those Roswell pickups so far I've been very happy with too. Okay. I haven't those tried. Have been, I, haven't... I have those in the, the ZE90FLT. I have them in the SC Custom I just got in. Um, and they've been cool. I really kind of dig those too. I haven't had anything with those minor. Both of mine that I have are still the Wilkinson. But I've been looking at – well, actually, the one I want to get, and they, they haven't done a new run of them that doesn't have uh, Rosewood on, is the uh, – is their, like, Mustang style. They have a blue one with the – it's like oh, – the they call it the racing Mustang? Yeah, and it's got the, like – so it's got the white stripes on it, the yep. blue with the white. And I've been looking at it, but the problem is it's still – they haven't sold enough to make a new run yeah. that doesn't have – I'm like – And to anyone listening, so the challenge there is uh, Rosewood fretboards, if you're shipping – outside of customs areas, meaning from like Europe to the States or mm-hmm. the, the, <laughs> barely Asian countries are where they were trying to put this law in effect and they really don't follow it. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> Tolman shipping because they're a big company. They want to make sure they, they follow all laws and mm-hmm. they're Germanic that way. So if it has Rosewood in it, they have to get a certificate from their local like, farm bureau <laughs> that it was produced in a place that was safe and yada, yada, yada mm-hmm. from a, from being like a strip mined and, or strip for deforest mm-hmm. and stuff this is protecting trees is really the other thing mm-hmm. so they um they have to go there but toman won't do it if a guitar costs less than 700 bucks because it takes like three weeks and oh, there's yeah. money it's a pain in the butt completely get it but it means that there's some rosewood guitars you can't get yeah and that's uh, the worst part they're sitting there and you're like dang it <laughs> and you wait and you wait i bought some gibsons from that one that we had to have it do it and so i buy it and i have to wait like three weeks for them to ship the damn thing out as yeah. they're waiting for just paper. Yeah. Just, just, just a piece of paper. Cause yeah, it the, is weird cause... the funny thing with that Mustang is, is that competition stripe is an inlay. Oh, it's not even paint. It's an inlay. I own the blue one for a while. I own the oh. red one. I didn't have the blue one yet. I bought the red one. And the blue one came out and I got it. And I was like, Oh my God, that's an inlay. That's that is, awesome. That is, why would you tell me that? That makes it even worse. Now it's, <laughs> Quickly on my phone, going to tone and do to do. It is that's the other dangerous part. It's not just guitars they have; they have like every string instrument you could think of, and oh, a Harley Benton range. Like, everything. Do you want to do you want a cheap mandolin to attempt to learn mandolin? Because that's kind of my thing of like just attempting to learn instruments. Go to do, the, go there. Do there you, you want go. do you want SM fifty seven like sure mics? Do you want mics like an SM fifty seven SM fifty eight, but that are like thirty bucks that are nearly the same quality that you can then bring to gigs where. Your shit gets annihilated. I'm sorry, I'm swearing. Awesome. Your stuff gets annihilated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, you can buy that stuff there too. Toman is like the candy store. Yeah, it if is if you're looking for value stuff. And I, but then they sell like PRS private stock and Gibson custom shop. Yeah, it is the like it's literally just the biggest guitar store, and it mm-hmm. is very uh, it's very really hard to not go on their website and not have your bank account like you. I learned the first time. I don't know how you how you've done it, but the first time I tried to buy a guitar from them, I like stupidly was like, well, this is the internet. I should be able to use my normal bank card. Yeah, no. No. Not, so like, not usually. <laughs> I, so like I put you it can in. You buy with PayPal. Oh, I learned that. Yeah. So I put it in. Do, 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 do. Like 30 seconds later, I get a phone call from my bank. Hey, we think someone stole your card. And I'm like, <laughs> well, why is that? And like, and they were like, and, I, and, I, and, when, and when I told my bank what I did, they're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hold yeah, on. I've got, I, we've got, so I, my YouTube channel is really cool. I make a little bit of money from YouTube gives some money. Toman, I will say, also gives me money from like link referrals. So mm-hmm. if I link to a guitar, you click it. If someone buys, I think, almost anything from Toman, in the next uh, 24 hours after that, I get a, a percentage of it. Ooh. So that like funds my little guitar problem. But I have an Amex that is the only one of my credit cards that is set with like international allowed. 
just for the channel so I can also track it in taxes and all the other yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Just for that. Yeah. I, <laughs> just for it. I learned. I was like, oh, that's – because my, my bank just was like, we, we can have you fill this thing out so we can do it for this one time. They're like, but don't do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, it's a reputable site. The other problem with buying stuff from that guy is you start establishing, like, friends of like-minded people. It's not a problem. Friends are good. Mm-hmm. But, like, so every order you're like, hey, Don, need another hit? What about you? Danny, you want one? Hey, <laughs> Rich, you want one? So no matter what, you're buying three guitars every time and, and, and having them all come in Yeah. I've been, As you're corralling it, um, you're just being the so, the, the uh, Harley Benton distributor of America. Like, <laughs> I've had I've had I've had what uh, now it's 29 or 30 Bentons come through my hands that I've ordered, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah, that is nuts. I still think I have. I still own probably seven or eight, nine. Hmm. I don't even know somewhere in that range. Yeah, that shows you the, the, the extent of the madness. <laughs> the 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 bit of the issue uh, when you can't exactly number know how many how many you have. Of one particular okay. brand, there might be a problem, a slight problem. It's the truth. Well, and it, it's – let me – another – listen, another word of knowledge. Um, if a reasonably substantial brand makes a correct shape Gibson product copy, um, they won't for long. No, no. So buy them then Yeah. <laughs> because afterwards you may not like the shape that they become. Uh, so I bought – when I first came in, I was like, oh, my god. They make less – so I have a gold top P90 – I have a Les Paul standard kind of copy. I have a three pickup SG in the right shape from them. Mm-hmm. I had a 335. I, I bought all of the Gibson shaped ones from them before they changed and, and then shortly thereafter they changed all of them. Yeah. And so I actually still have a lot of those just because they're kind of cool and, and there's a story associated once again makes it neat. Mm-hmm. But uh, as other brands do that, it's like, ooh, get in because they'll change. Yeah, they're not going to. It's gonna, just it's not, it, won't, it won't look like that for long and they're going to get the. The old letter of cease and desist. <laughs> yep, uh, from uh, I don't know. I have gotten video cease and desist letters from Gibson. So oh, yes, wow. they're, they're very litigious. Yeah, it's uh, like it's like they're worried about their branding or something. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> but as bad as Gibson is, Rickenbacker, I guess, is like the most. Uh, they'll they sue anybody that has anything even looks close to a Rickenbacker. I've they heard go that. Full yeah. bananas. Yeah, I've heard that. That's like you can't, you know, because I mean. It, Les Paul, I mean, and it's kind of the thing of like the like the joke in the guitar world that really there's like every design of guitars already been made, you know, every yeah. thought process. I mean, there's Music Man makes some different looking stuff, but you know, majority of the time you can basically be like, is it uh, Strap Body, Tell Body, Les Paul, or three three five? Like, if it's one of those, yep. it's gonna fit within something close. I mean, obviously you have all your fun pointy metal guitars, but you know, right, that's right. your majority of it. So it's like they have to know, but when it's a full on like, you just took our guitar and like you know drew it out on trace paper and then laid it on a piece of wood and cut it out. That's when they start to have a few yeah, issues. It was weird. So um, PRS hasn't been too litigious on it, which is actually surprising. At least for, I know Tillman has a CST 24, a Benton, Harley Benton does. Yeah. And it's, it's a spot on correct shape. The headstock's got a little bit minor variation, but you could probably sand it and make it look the same. Mm-hmm. I, I had recently got a custom 24 PRS uh, for, I bought it for myself for my birthday and mm-hmm. also to congratulate myself on successfully selling 15 guitars. And I had hung, uh, I had another PRS hung up and I had the Benton up, but I hadn't hung the red one up yet. My father-in-law who collects guitars, he's got a dozen, he builds guitars too, mm-hmm. comes in, walks over. He's like, wow, wow. He goes, that's, they, they, they just do such a great job on this. And I'm like, Rich, that's the Benton I've had for like three years. And he's like, really? really? He's like, I thought it was the PRS. Yeah. I, that was, is weird. I mean, because you would think that they would be, you know. But, I mean, maybe either A, they're not too they're worried. they're just confident in the fact that their stuff is great. Yeah, that's true. So PR, the, the worst PRS you can buy 
is still better than half of the Epiphones out there. Yeah, that is true. Right? Like, they don't have a floor. They're, the PRSSE is still a very, very good guitar. Mm-hmm. Even though now they're doing them in Indonesia and wherever else, they're still good, solid, well-built, pretty mm-hmm. guitars. Yeah. Um, and then they go up from there, and they know that, like, if you really want the real deal, the shape and the everything is part of it, but, like, it's having a thick flame maple cap and all the really prettiness and the mm-hmm. touch. It's They know what they have. I think yeah. they're just they're a little more secure in their guitar hood. Yeah, and and there's and they might be too that they're young enough to kind of know like we know going into it, you know when they started in the '80s, everyone had copied everyone else already, so it was like we know that this is going to happen. It's not like you know some of these companies that's like oh, you copied my design, how dare you? One idea, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I um I went back and forth with so Maneric has a, a a patent or a trademark on a um on a flame guitar, and I had exchanged emails with one of their representatives, I guess a distributor to figure out like how specific was their patent. Cause I have this other guitar design I'd love to do, but it does have some flame aspects to it. Um, and they try to be like, Nope, no one. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> so it's interesting. I, I understand it. Right. Like everybody wants to be proud of the thing that they do. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's tough now. Is that the one that like, they claim like each like flame is like chambered and designed in a way to like <laughs> yeah. enhance the tone. And it's like, I it, think so. It's, I was like, really? I've seen some reviews of it. I think Traga's guitar did one for one of the like one of the funny like days, and it's like supposedly there's supposed to be all this. I mean, maybe there is, but it's just hard to say. There's so much science in a guitar that looks so ridiculous. You're like, well, and it's 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 so funny. And I I am tonewood agnostic. I have a, made a T-shirt that says tonewood agnostic. I yeah. just stay out of it. It's like talking politics. Oh, I, yeah, I'm but, sorry. I just get out because life's mm-hmm, too short. Mm-hmm. Um, but. uh but I do love it when people get really crazy of like, oh, you know what's great about this? It even has Brazilian rosewood tuning knobs. And I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. I think but. I, I'm, the, I'm in the same boat. Like I've always been – because like, I got into guitar kind of later. So like when I stumbled upon like the world of internet guitaring, which that's a deep – that's a deep cave you don't always want to go in. Oh, yeah. You may not crawl back out. And <laughs> I like stumbled into Tonewood and I was just like – that, uh, what i don't get that and then it was like literally like you know then you know how youtube works when you look at one thing it's all this stuff comes up so then you know then you spend like a week watching people argue with each other and you're just like huh when it comes down to it i think if it sounds good it is good so well and there's there's having played <laughs> enough guitars right i can pick up a dozen strats that have supposedly the same uh same wood construction same mm-hmm. pickup same winding same necks and everything and one or two of them may sound so much better than the other ones mm-hmm. because in the same species of wood, there's just differences. It's a living thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I you think... look at every Caucasian male, there's a big difference. So mm-hmm. pick whatever, you know what I mean? Um, it, there's a big difference between that. It's called, it's, it's life. Crap happens. Yeah. Um, and so you get people like, Oh, that's not a tone word. This is a tone word. Oh, you need to have this. And there's some truth to it, right? Like if you have a maple neck with an ebony fretboard and a guitar made of maple, it's going to be really bright. <laughs> like that's yeah. just a lot of hardwood also be very heavy. Um, but like when you get into the really splitting hairs of individual, I just tune out a glass over because a, it's really hard to AV compare for any single person mm-hmm. and B, like you can take, uh, a great example is an SG, right? Like an SG to, to chunk of mahogany in a shape. Mm-hmm. And, but if you put a P90 pickup in an SG, which is kind of a hairier pickup that's got some personality to it, it just comes to life. Or the Gibson, or the LP Junior, same kind mm-hmm. of deal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, or if you put that in like a maple cap guitar or whatever, it's, it, it doesn't quite work quite as well. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's nice and easy. Um, so it, there's truth in how wood is. But the whole tone wood thing, it's like put some stuff together. You can adjust your pickups. If the wood's really bright, put darker pickups in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put lower output pickups in it. Put higher output pickups in it. Put single coil, you know, mm-hmm. P90s, humbuckers, crazy new stuff, a sustainer. <laughs> you know, like there's so much cool stuff you can do and have fun with the palette that you have. I, I think that I just uh, – lately, independent of anything else going on in the world, inclusivity has really been my gig of the last little bit of like – there's room for everybody and everything, especially mm-hmm. in guitar, because it's fun and it's silly and it's cool. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I think it's really true because I mean, there might be whatever. And the hardest part with, especially with electric guitars, it's like the pickups are going to make more of a change than the wood is, and so it's like half the time when it's like A B and stuff, you're like, yeah, you got a single coil in that Strat, and you got humbuckers in that in that Les Paul you're playing. Like, there's your difference, you know, versus. Yep. Into I think I think I forgot there was one other YouTuber. Someone was talking about like the only way to really do it is you'd have to have like one you'd have to have everything exactly the same with the wood and everything, and even then it would be like what's you know it it comes down to how you play. I think more right. than what the guitar. A lot of it's in your hands. You hear Billy Gibbons play; it's Billy Gibbons. It doesn't make a difference what the dude picks up. Yeah, um, and a lot of Billy Gibbons' guitars he's playing are weight relieved to the nth degree. There was a rumor that he had his neck's weight relieved. He at least investigated it. His body's weighed nothing. He's playing sevens. Yeah. On sevens or eight. It's like the, the thinnest, floppiest strings ever, and he has the killerest tone. The player is so much of it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is there's a lot of little tiny tricks. If you've never played a BBE Sonic Maximizer, it's a little, like, compressor EQE two-knob pedal that they put out that I think um, people that really are gear snobs crap on them. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, I'd rather have my compressor and my EQ pedal and be able to have the control. Where this just has these two little knobs, but if you leave them at 12, if you play a cheap guitar through it into a reasonably okay amp, it just sounds better. Hmm. What's wrong with that? And yeah. you can buy them used for 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Yeah. Uh, you put it at the end of your signal chain right before it hits the amp, and, and life is happy. And it handles most things. It just makes it more particular. If you're doing hammer-ons inside of a chord or little stuff, you hear them a little bit more without it like throwing it down, you know, screaming it at you. But like, oh, wow, it makes everything more articulate, makes everything more compressy, a little more sustaining, but not anything huge where it changes what you have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like that little $40 thing turns a really cheap guitar into sounding like a better guitar. Yeah. It also changes your experience playing it because you're like, oh, my God, my note's ringing and, and carrying more. And when I play like that slash little note, you know, in the 12th or 14th fret, I'm doing a bend there. Oh, it's, it's ringing out more and it's carrying it more and it, I feel better. Mm-hmm. I feel better. That's really what half of what playing is, is just feeling better about what's coming out. Yeah, yeah, I think that is true. And it's kind of that, it's what makes buying new gear, like, what's fun. You know, I mean, you're usually, most people, it's like you're buying new gear because you either want it to sound better or you're trying to fill some kind of a thing in, in your quote-unquote sound. And, you know, a little, like a little piece of gear like that that can change more than, you know, depending on, like, what guitar you're, like, what guitar you're plugging into it can make a lot of sense. And it's something that's cheap enough that you can try. And if you don't like how it sounds, you're just like, well, it was 40 bucks. You know. yep. and, list it, and list it on reverb and you'll get 40 bucks back. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's just that's what's great about it. You know, I um, I came into guitar late too. I didn't really start playing it all until I was like 18 or 19. Okay. But I grew up – my grandfather was a jazz guitarist. So I grew up holidays all the time really. He was playing a Gibson Super 400, mm-hmm. big jazz box from 62 through uh, a Roland JC-120. And then his backup was a 70 
71 or 72 uh, Gibson L5. It's like big Gibson-y warm humbucker tones. So I grew up with warm humbucker guitar. Um, and then my mother's the oldest of seven. Her youngest brother uh, is his uh, only six years older than I am. So he was like my older brother that my mother couldn't ground or punish. Oh, nice. Um, but he was a shredder. So he was. I would hear him playing ACDC or then into like um, all of your early 80s metal stuff, even mm-hmm. to like Tommy Two-Tone, but playing 8675309, like metal crazy over it. And he had... He had what do you have? He had a, a double cut Gibson XPL with three pickups and a, you know, and a, a, a um, wasn't a Floyd. It was the other one, the, the, the Gibson Col- one, the, the, the Kaler or whatever. It the was. Kaler, yeah, yeah. the Kaler on it, and then he had some Charvels and some Jacksons. So like that's what I had there. And then I lived with a dude that was much more rootsy stuff a little bit later when I was really getting into guitar. Um, but like, so like you you you're exposed to so many different types of guitar over the course of your life that I think it just builds up and you, you find your own little groove to kind of have fun in. Yeah. Um, my first guitar was a crappy Squire Affinity, like so so many other people's were <laughs> with oh, yeah. a Fender frontman something amp, and then mm-hmm. I got a Mexican Mexican Strat with a little um, solid state Marshall that did distortion, and then I was done. I was in. Yeah. It had me hooked. I had an acoustic, and that was miserable because I probably had like inch action on the thing. Oh yeah, it's uh, acoustic. You're like. What is this action? Oh, yeah. And then I remember uh, when I first looking at buying guitars online and reading about it for a year because I didn't have a lot of money. I worked at like a college. It didn't get paid very well. And I um, I was stuck between an Agile and a Michael Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I went back and forth between these two. Back and, forth, and that's when Agiles were correct shapes. Um, and Michael Kelly made a thing that looked like a Carlos Santana but had a little bit wider body. But it was thin. It was awesome. So I ended up saving it and buying both of them. And what was weird then was – the Michael Kelly came, as they usually do, with a killer setup, and the Agile came kind of crap, but it was an amazing guitar. I just never paid to get it set up because I didn't know you really did that. Oh, yeah. I would tune it, and it just played like crap, mm-hmm. whereas the other one played like butter. It sounded great and coil taps, and that became my go-to guitar for the next six years. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what a setup does. Oh, if yeah. you have a guitar and you don't love it, pay to get it set up. Have your pet spayed and neutered. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, have, your guitar, <laughs> have your guitar set up and neutered. I yeah. know my, my my first acoustic was that way. It was this uh, like middle line Dean acoustic, which again, it was my first guitar, so I didn't really understand that Dean is not known for their acoustic instruments. But they were pretty looking. <laughs> they yeah, they're pretty looking. And it's actually a really good guitar. I mean, I only got I only stopped playing it because I knew I was going to wear into the frets too much, and I'm like, well, this is my first guitar. I kind of want to keep it like it's not going to be worth putting the frets on it, so I might as well like not play it as much. But the first time I had that set up, I remember taking it home and still being terrible at guitar, but being like, wait a minute. I can like fret the notes easier now. Like, what is this? Like, Dude, I didn't... it's a lot easier when the when the instrument stops fighting you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was who was it? Um, Jack White had an interview because lately he's been playing like EVH guitars mm-hmm. and a few other things. Yeah, and they're like, "Dude, you were the guy that that made Airline famous again, and all these little junk guitars." And he's like, "Oh, it was great." And he's like, "But at some point, the Rebel Spirit—I don't remember the quote. I'm paraphrasing. The Rebel Spirit has to meet the fact that these other guitars are just a thousand times easier to play and get oh, yeah. tones out of consistently." Yeah, it's like, all right, fair enough. That is true. I mean, like those old vintage stuff that's kind of become a this resurgency of like these, like you know, like the catalog guitars. And you'll hear that term. It basically meant like, oh yeah, anything you, that was the, the, the Silvertone, Tesco, yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? It's it, harmony. They, yeah, and they've made a comeback. I mean, there's actually companies now like kind of reproducing that look when a guitar is actually playable. But yeah, a lot yeah. of the times it's like, man, it's really cool. And you're like, we'll get one and see how uncool it plays, or like, 
oh man, this is cool. There's no trust rod in this guitar. Oh, not right. Good. Or, or like it plays great, but then it's out of tune, and you realize that the intonation's all off, so you can cowboy chord the hell out of it. It's great, but you're yeah. never gonna get it. Past fret, fret five, you're done. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, so. There's a lot of fun to that, but it's kind of what, and that's the difference than what we were talking at the beginning of the podcast on how gear now, like the cheap gear, is still really good gear. Um, and that's what I think. I mean, if you take anything away from this, from this episode, other than just like checking out Nick's channel, again, the links in the description and all the other socials is that if you want to get into guitar, it's not, there's never been a better time and a better, like variety of gear for sub $200. That's like where you should yeah. start with. Cause if you're, there's no excuse for yeah. if you're going to spend 200 bucks on a guitar for the fact that it can't be a good guitar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a good that's enough. Great. And a good enough guitar. I always tell people this, like when I've, I've talked to a few people that have thought about getting into guitar and I was like, get something that's somewhat like spend a little bit of money because if you don't like it and you have to resell it, you're going to get more of your money back than if you go out and buy like no one resells and gets any money back when they when they sell a first act because their kid wanted to try guitar. You know, okay. like they, they get yeah. them, they realize they're garbage and they got, you know, razor blades for frets. And that, you know, he never wants to play. And then the thing, too, is you basically just ruin the guitar for him because they're going to never go back and be like. Well, my hand just healed up from all the scars I got on that first act guitar, so might as well try something again. Yeah, it's 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 well. Bring it back to cars too. Like when your friend's like, "I'm gonna spend eighteen hundred bucks on this car," and you're like, "If you can save four grand, it's gonna be a lot better because eighteen (laughs) hundred dollar car is gonna cost you six. Yes, (laughs) it will. Throw it away in a year. Yes. Whereas, like, there's some sweet spots where the price makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, and guitar, yeah. If you spend two hundred bucks on a good guitar, you buy it smart. You're, you're going to do real well on it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something to take away. Nick, um, I'm going to. I'm going to. We're going to kind of wrap things up. I know you got to kind of get back to work. And thanks again for coming and hanging out. It's been a lot of fun. Um, there will be links for the YouTube, Instagram. Do you have a Facebook group? I do not yet, but okay. I may soon. Okay. So <laughs> if, if you change that, I'll add it later. But so cool, make sure to definitely check out the YouTube channel. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, we didn't even get into like half of Nick's story. So um, go in and check that out because what. This last year for Nick has been kind of crazy. We'll say that in the easy scheme. <laughs> um, yeah, life is life has been interesting, but you know what? Uh, it's still going great. Yeah, and I that's think the it's... thing. In spite of some curveballs and whatever mm-hmm. else, we're still doing great. Um, it's just uh, taking six months off from your channel isn't a good way to drive followership. No, followership. no, we, <laughs> that is not the uh, that's not the recommended <laughs> way for the algorithms to like you. But um, no. so check check out the, the the YouTube channel again, maybe. And maybe in a while, Nick, we'll talk more guitars as we expand our collection a little bit more. But, Nick, thanks again for coming on. It's been great. Um, thanks, again, man. This was awesome. Yeah, this is fun. As you guys all know, again, the last few episodes I've done this, I talk at the end. You guys know how I finish these things. You guys have a great day. Bye. Bye.